the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. It's rob at robblackshow.com. Um, let's see, what do we have to do? What do we have to think about first and foremost? Um, there was a call from the IEA that energy has found the bottom. That's interesting, to say the least. So, is that the time to buy? I think you could start looking, for sure. We've seen oil go from $100 down to 28 bounce up to about 39 kind of drift back a little bit lower. Do you want to be too early? No. Do you want energy just for the sake of energy? No. You want a good diversified portfolio? That probably leans towards the value side right now. So we're seeing oil up about two percentage points today, and the market's up two percentage. Uh, market's up about one percent. That's been the story this year. As mar- as oil goes, so goes the stock market in the United States. So we continue to watch this, and again, I think it's a pretty good story. Uh, it's Friday. So let's talk a little bit about that and what we're seeing out there. S&P traded higher. Um, Basically on that, again, that call about energy prices. But also, and I was just in the little boys' room, not the best place to come up with your analysis, but I was thinking about future questions. And, you know, the ECB yesterday fired a bazooka, and it's a pretty historic bazooka, and I'm not underselling it. When I say that, they commit it to at least four years of low-cost money. That's a long time. If you invest from age 20 to 60, four years is a long time. I need to put a curtain up between me and my producer. He eats in the morning on Fridays, and it's so distracting. I don't know. I Watching other people eat it would be like the worst show ever on television for me. I don't think I could do it. 
I don't think I could sit through it. Anyway, um, capital markets yesterday were a little discombobulated on the news about the ECB, the European Central Bank, and their decision to, again, be really a long-term, low-cost money. We already are in a long-term. And, I, you know, while I was in the restroom, I was like, what's going to turn us around here? When will there be, like, Rob Black Jr. talking on the radio that rates are too high and they need to go lower? Because rates are too low and they need to go higher in a healthy economy. But that's where we are. Mario Draghi yesterday, he doesn't anticipate that rates will need to be lowered further. He didn't backtrack on that statement today, yet most capital markets are backtracking on it. The euro is down. German Bund is down. So the markets are saying, you know, Draghi, you're wrong. Major European bourses are up between 2 to 4%. Free money. Free money. The European Central Bank said, you know, if you put your money in a bank, that bank's going to get a negative interest rate. That bank, they won't be able to pass it on to you. So they're going to lose money. And, you know, you're going to see more and more credit card offers. You're going to see more and more auto loan offers. Trying to stimulate demand through taking on risk. So what the ECB did yesterday said it's going to be a long and winding road of low interest rates. Dun, dun, dun. Um, I don't easily believe it. <laughs> Moving on, global markets are finding some support from the bump in oil prices. The IEA report suggests prices may have bottomed. The same report also notes that IEA's view that demand in the United States will be flat in 2016, or perhaps weaken if oil prices continue to rebound. No need to get caught up in those kind of negatives, huh? Just focus on the first three lines. Energy prices bottomed. Or energy prices bottoming. Um, Today we got the Import-Export Price Index. I know you're saying, I can't go into my weekend without me some good Import-Export Price Index reports. What's the number say, Rob? First and foremost, stop and think about what import-export price index is going to mean to you before I blow your mind. Are you ready? It fell three-tenths of a percent in February. That left import prices down 6.1% year over year. Can you imagine? If you exclude fuel, gasoline, jet engine stuff, import prices edged down one-tenth of a percent month over month and are down 2.7% year over year. Okay, you can't take it anymore, can you? You're so hot and bothered by this, you need a translation? Here you go. Because some of this economic data, quite honestly, is so boring that I'd almost rather get my wisdom teeth put back in and then taken back out. You know, I know a guy who's like 40 years old, 42 years old, just got his wisdom teeth out. That seems like a long time waiting. And his dentist didn't use, didn't knock him out. I'm like, what, what planet are you from? Like, who gets their wisdom teeth you know, they, when they take your wisdom teeth out, and I love telling this to people right before they get their wisdom teeth out, you know what they do? They dislocate your jaw. Like, you know those snakes that have to dislocate their jaws to, like, eat small pigs? They dislocate your jaw, and your jaw's, like, just laying on your chest. So your head's, like, looking up at the sky, and your jaw's just laying on your chest. And then what they do is they get on your, your, your they, they stand on your chest. You're knocked out, they stand on your chest, and they start chiseling things out. And I know because when I woke up, I saw footprints on my chest. 
So anyway, um, export prices meanwhile declined four tenths of a percent, while declining non-agricultural prices more than offset rising agricultural prices. Oh God, there is nothing worse than talking import prices, export prices. Export prices are down six percent year over year, but if you exclude agriculture, export prices decline just four tenths of a percent. Ah. So market opens higher. Will it stay higher? It's anybody's guess. Anybody's guess. But it's hard to convince myself otherwise that the central banks and this week European Central Bank Mario Draghi gave the market a gift. And and, and a gift is what I'm saying is it it covers up a weak fundamental backdrop. I'd love, I'd love it, I'd love it, I'd love it, I'd love it if we got some like uh, European leaders the leader of Spain, the leader of France, the leader of Germany, if they got together and said, you know what, we're going to build a new highway system. Well, you know what, we're going to build a new underground submarine lair. Great. We need action from our politicians at this point in time, more so than cheap money. Because, again, I scratch my head. When Draghi said four years of low-cost money, that's a long time. And we've already been on low-cost money for a long time. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Uh, Dow's up 150. The NASDAQ is up 43. The SP 500 up 17. Oil sits just under $39 a barrel. We've got the 10-year Treasury bond showing a little more optimism. 1.95%. Any number under 3.5 is weak. We'd like to get to two, three, two, four. Yeah, cheap money's cheap money, right? Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. That's Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. The Friday Ice Report. Your San Jose Barracuda hockey updates. Little Friday Ice Report. SJ Barracuda play here on the station. Well, they don't play, but you can hear them play here on the station. AM twelve twenty. We are the the station that carries the SJ Barracuda. They're on a little bit of a hot streak at this point in time, winning three out of the last four. They're heading towards the playoff. That's the best hockey in the world, except for playoff hockey, which is the bestest hockey in the world, in my opinion. Joining me now to talk a little bit of hockey, Charlie Townsend. How are you, Mr. Townsend? Happy Friday. How are you? Doing well. It's it's a lot easier being in the temporary voice of the Barracuda when they're winning, correct? Oh, that makes my job a heck of a lot easier. It sure does. I mean, the... Uh... The game on uh, where we were in Stockton on Wednesday night was was definitely fun to call. We played well, and um, I've got enough nerves to deal with that uh, on the coaching side in terms of playing well and, and hoping that we play well, that if I had to couple the two with the nerves of uh, being on the airwaves, it would be almost too much to handle for me, I think. So there's a couple games coming up that are important. Um, a couple this weekend, one away, one at home. and. Uh, yep. Bakersfield Condors on Saturday, March 12th at 7 is away, so you can't get tickets for that unless you want to travel, which is not crazy or unheard of. But home, 
against the Ontario Reign on Sunday the 13th. That's also Star Wars night. Big, big night. Big, big, big night. A lot of people go crazy. Like, as soon as the San Francisco Giants announce Star Wars Day, I always buy tickets opening yeah. day for whenever it is, whether it's eight months we, from now. We actually had the jerseys in the practice rink yesterday. The guys were trying them on, taking Snapchats and putting them on Instagram because they're pretty fired up about the R2-D2 jerseys. Very excited about it. Yeah, it's almost so bad. It's it's just fantastic, these jerseys. There's there's a lot going on them. Yeah, the they're, they're, they are busy. Definitely a little busy. So um, do you tend to get the promotion nights in AHL hockey? Do they tend yep. to, like, they seem to really work because they kind of ring with the, the audience, per se. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's one of the biggest ways to capitalize with our demographics and get people excited. And, I mean, there's been some there's been some outstanding ones I've seen um, and other organizations. And the jersey raffle after the game is always a big hit for fans to get the, their favorite player's jersey and also with a little different twist than you would, than you would have on a regular jersey. Um, but it's fun for the guys too. I mean, it gives them a different, uh, a different thing to look forward to for the game. And it, uh, takes some of the mundane out of this, you know, 68, 78 game schedule. I did a blind raffle or a blind mm-hmm. auction recently. I was in a Barracuda game and I put in an offer on a Gobadolin jersey. Goldovin, yeah. Yeah. I, trust me, I'm, I'm going to butcher that name for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's all right. You got it. It is. It's close. Um, he, yeah. he looks like he could be a Mario Lemieux type player. Oh, uh, uh, he's, um, He's the type of guy that when he has a puck, everyone sort of inches forward on their sheets a little bit, and um, especially if he has some open ice or some time, he usually does something pretty, pretty spectacular with a puck. And I mean, he's one of those high-end talents that organizations are very excited about. And um, just a just a great kid too. He loves hockey. He loves being around the rink. And um, coaches love guys who who want to be hockey players and spend all day at the rink. And He's sort of the the best at, uh, attribute I can give him is he's he's a curious hockey player. He asks a lot of questions and he wants to know more and how to get better. And um, there's a lot of good things with him going on right now. You just brought up he's a good kid, and I've been following hockey for 40 years, and mm-hmm. I can tell you that I, in my personal opinion, I think they're the best people on the planet. A lot of the, I would say a lot of the Canadian boys would play for free. They've skated mm-hmm. on ponds their whole life. They're incredibly nice to the kids who show up at games. They're incredibly nice. You don't hear about a lot of shenanigans going on like you do with some baseball and football players. Right. Am I making a fair characterization, or are there a lot of shenanigans going on? No, you absolutely are. I mean, we have. I mean, I have a particular bias towards hockey players, and I mean, all my friends growing up are hockey players, and um, the people I associate with the most are hockey players and have a history in hockey. So obviously, I think they're all great guys. But I mean, you do have your fair share of shenanigans, and that's how you keep it light, uh, especially throughout the course of a long season. And um, a light locker room is usually a good locker room, and they can flip flip the switch when it's time to get going and, and play, and and also know when to take their foot off the gas and you know mess around a little bit. But uh, I think that sort of balance between the the two of that serious approach versus the you know let's have some fun, we play a game for a living approach that hockey guys have a good grasp on sort of makes it the unique uh, unique sport that it is, and it's why we love it so much, really. I'm with you on that. Now, can you help me a little bit with the playoffs? Mm-hmm. I was looking at sjbarracuda.com the other day, yesterday, and yep. AHL, because you're in the West Coast, you have something special going on. There's some teams that have played, like, 10 more games than you, yeah. and, like, it's not making a lot of sense to me. Yeah, so, I mean, we look at it every day and kind of have to take out the calculator on our iPhone because it's all the the win percentage um, is dictating playoff position this year. It's usually points and still is in the NHL, but with the expansion of the California teams in the Pacific Division, they slated us at 68 games instead of 76, which is what the rest of the league played. So to make it sort of fair, they're going off win percentage, and the 
other half, the Pacific Division, Charlotte, Texas, San Antonio, they're still playing the full slate of games. Um, so if you look at, you know, the standings right now, you'll see that Texas has, you know, a good chunk of points more than us, but aren't that really sitting any, any better in the playoff uh, picture than we are because it's based on those win percentage points. And it's crazy, like a, a two-point swing or a two-point game is a couple percentage points. And I really think when, when we're taking this approach as well that it's going to come down to that last three or four games to, to kind of carve out who's, who's in and who's out. I'm not sure, and I, I don't, I'm not going to be controversial here, I'm not sure I like this approach because it seems like if San Jose plays 10 fewer games, yep. won't they have an advantage going into the playoffs being a little less beat up? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's sort of one of the biggest uh, assets you have, especially down the stretch run, is, is rest, and rest becomes one of your biggest weapons. So um, we are th- we're thrilled about it. The guys certainly are thrilled about it. And from a development standpoint, we're <clears throat> we're spending more time practicing, more time okay. in meetings, watching video, and um, less time traveling and less time getting ready for games. So um, it certainly works in our favor, and I and I know that the other teams were for it and uh, they signed on to it. So We'll see how excited they are if it comes down to at the end of the year where, you know, they might have eight or ten more points than us, but we're getting in and they're not. Speaking with Charlie Townsend, voice of the San Jose Barracuda, sitting in for Eric Lindquist while he takes a little bit of time off. Uh, You just mentioned the the travel. Do you have any good Mm -hmm. travel stories? Because AHL hockey is not glamorous. You're on buses a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's there's always a few, but still the best I've ever heard. And I got to take it from our head coach, Roy Somers, when he was uh, in Muskegon. He uh, gets a knock on his on his door, and it was the police saying, you got to come down to these guys' room. There's been a break in. And uh, I guess it was one of those old-school hotels where the doors open up to the parking lot, so I can kind of come in at their will and, and break into a room that was open. And these two guys are sitting in their rooms, and some burglars came in and, and took the, the phone wire out of the phone and wrapped them up with a phone cord and stole everything in their room. Pretty awesome. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> so Charlie, how's the team playing offensively? Are they are they more of an offensive team, the Barracuda this year, or more of a defensive team? It's really sort of a feast or famine with us offensively. We'll we'll have spurts where we're scoring four or five, six goals a game, and and it looks like we we can't be stopped. And then we'll hit a little bit of a, a little bit of a dry spell. And unfortunately enough for us, we've had some really opportune goaltending, especially from Aaron Dell. And Wednesday night was a great example where Stockton sort of opened the floodgates early and. And Aaron stood on his head and made four or five big saves at the start of the game, and then then we got our offense going and and sort of ran away with it. But um, yeah, it's been almost more of a scoring by committee approach. We've got 11, 12 guys in double digits points, and I think the league average is probably more close to six or seven guys. So we've had a we've had a guy kind of step up at a different part of the season, then someone else takes over, then someone else grabs the reins, and um, it's it's a good position to be in because usually when you get to this point in the season, if you have someone who's sort of the go-to guy and establish and, you know, you're down two to one and then everyone's looking at him and he mm-hmm. may not be playing well. And it's a tough spot to be in where right now it's sort of three, four lines that you can kind of put out in any situation and someone can get it done. Thanks very much. It's Charlie Townsend, the voice of the SJ Barracuda. A lot of home games coming up. Good family entertainment. Sign up at sjbarracuda.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Joining me as they do each and every Friday, I get a reporter. 
or a substantial news figure from IB Times, International Business Times, or Newsweek. Today, it's Lorne Lyons-Cole, one of the best out there at financial planning issues. How are you, Ms. Cole? I'm doing well, Rob. Thanks for having me. It's always great having you. You're one of my favorites. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. I think um, what you do for financial planning is awesome. It's you, You're very literate, and, but you're also a woman, and I love that because it seems like financial planning is a lot of white guys. It is. Actually, there's only about... 24% of us that are women, so your your observation is accurate. <laughs> How can we get some people of color into financial planning? Because I have to imagine that number is much lower. You know, a lot of it is is giving people opportunity to pursue this path. I mean, in fact, it was even a second career choice for me. I didn't I didn't really realize this was a, a viable job option until I was a few years out of college. So, um, you know, letting people know that, that this is an important job. And with clients, they're going to relate to someone who is more similar to them and where they're coming from. So it's important that we have a diverse financial planning base. I agree with that because uh, in financial planning, a couple gets divorced. I know nothing about what a woman goes through. Um, yeah. I'm too practical or maybe I'm not practical enough. But anyway, I'm, yeah. way, I'm way off topic. Let's get back on topic. <laughs> You've put together a piece for IB Times uh, tied towards the paycheck calculator on politics and who gets elected and how it hits us. I think it's fair to say, wasn't it George Bush Sr. who lost his re-election attempt because the economy went south on him right before it got time to, to vote? That's right. Um, most years, but especially this year, actually, the economy is top of mind for a lot of people. And Republicans and Democrats are coming at it from different angles, but, but really everyone is, is concerned about the economy. And, you know, ultimately we want to do what's best for the country and what's best for us as well. So we vote with our paychecks or we vote with our wallets. Um, do you think it's whether we realize it or not? Yeah. Do you think that's fair? Like, because there's some people. My daddy was a Republican. My mom was a, you know, some people just stay in the party lines of their family and, and never veer. But uh, is it paycheck uh, voting? Well, it's interesting. Yeah, because whether it's what we were raised with or what we learned in college, I mean, we tend to align with the candidate based on their ideals, and. You know, there's something to be said for that, but then you've also got to tie it back to how it's going to affect you personally. And there is people know this, right? Like if Bernie Sanders is announcing that he's going to have health care and free college, of course there's going to be a cost for that. And it doesn't just hit the rich, the richest Americans. I mean, it certainly will, but it'll impact all of us. Um, and then if one of the Republican candidates gets elected, we might all get a little bit extra in our paycheck. The rich will get more, but then the deficit in our country will be huge. So it's weighing the, the pros and cons. There really, it's like there's no right answer. It's a matter of figuring out what makes the most sense to you with what you believe and what you can afford. So you actually have a paycheck calculator. Um, how did you factor in the algorithms into it so you could, you could punch in something as simple as your income, your after taxes, and it'll tell you who to vote for? So, I mean, these are all estimates because these are um, the, the numbers that we use are based on the candidates' tax proposals, their tax plans. Um, but anything that they would aspire to do would have to be approved by Congress. So this is really a rough estimate just to give you an idea of more of the cost of what they're proposing and how it would impact you. So um, the numbers we use, the numbers behind the calculator come from the Tax Policy Center, which is a nonpartisan think tank that's analyzed all of the different tax plans and um, basically come to understand what percentage you're after tax, your, your paycheck would switch based on where you fall with your income, which is just associated with the tax bracket that you're in. So we pulled their numbers, put it into a calculator. It's, it's simple. It's a rough estimate, but it still gives you an idea and allows you to say, all right, this candidate I agree with, and 
this seems reasonable to me in terms of how it would impact my paycheck, so I feel really confident making this vote. So my results came back basically, uh, Hillary Clinton, no new taxes. Right. <laughs> Ted Cruz, tax code's broken, and I'm going to get hit hard. Believe it or not, harder by Ted Cruz than by Bernie Sanders. That's a little bit of a surprise to me. Interesting. Um, what? So you're getting a red or a green with Ted Cruz? Um, green. Okay, so green is actually how much your paycheck would improve. Okay, you're right. You're right. <laughs> so, um, but no, but there are, it, it's different numbers for each of them, right? So even yeah. among the Republicans, some, um, the benefit would be greater depending on where you fall and who the person is. Bernie Sanders is the biggest, um, he'll take the most out of your paycheck, but that's because he's promising you the most. Hillary Clinton is surprisingly status quo. I mean, no matter who you are, how much money you make, it's going to be like a dollar or two difference in your paycheck. Is this realistic? Because um, we know the tax code's kind of broken or it's big, it's huge, it needs to be overhauled. There's going to have to be some corporate tax issues brought up as well. Um, are these numbers realistic? Because also you've got a Congress that's going to fight these guys. Of course, yeah. I mean, it's, they're really not realistic. It's more of a visual to help you understand what the candidate is proposing so that you can know that you're aligned with that person correctly. So this is what could happen. I would have very low expectations that any of it would happen. Um, but it would all depend on who gets elected and what Congress looks like as well. Um, but it's still important. Even though it's a rough estimate, it still informs the voter of what the cost is. You know, I mean, especially 61% of Americans think that um, the wealthy don't pay their fair share of taxes. But then there's another 20% of Americans who think um, lower-income people don't pay their fair share. So there's no – I mean, America's diverse. There's no uh, conclusion we can all agree with. So it's really looking at these numbers and helping you make an informed decision that resonates with what you believe. I was on Forbes on Fox probably some 20 years ago, and I met Steve Forbes, and he was incredibly nice, incredibly sweet, offered to go get me a soda. I was like – this guy's a billionaire, and he's being, like, really nice to me. Um, he was always the flat tax guy. Um, why is the flat tax never, ever, ever going to catch on? You know, it makes sense to a lot of people, and, and that is what Ted Cruz is proposing. Mm -hmm. But it's it very – I mean, actually, you can use this calculator on our site to see a really clear representation. It highly favors the very wealthiest. So if you look at Rubio, Cruz, and um, Trump, all the Republican candidates want to give – a tax cut to everyone across the board. Ted Cruz is the one proposing the flat tax. And when you look at his, the tax cut for lower income Americans with the flat tax is not very much. Um, but for the top 1%, top 0.1%, it's massive. It's more severe of a tax cut than Donald Trump is proposing even. So the flat tax really does, you know, like it or hate it, I, I like the simplicity of it, but it really does favor the wealthy. Now, Marco Rubio, he seems to be favoring families by giving more of a tax deduction for more babies that you have, and that could be viewed a couple ways. Yeah, <laughs> you can see both sides right? of that. Oh, for sure, because so many young people are uh, waiting to get married. They're having fewer babies. They might not even. There's a bunch of people not even having families. So his is, is a very um, family-friendly policy. I mean, it's you would if you're a family of six, Rubio would keep so much more money in your um, in your paycheck compared to anyone else. But then if you're a single person who never plans to get married, it, it would penalize you, really, from a tax perspective. And then again, like just being a Republican, you know, debate mindset, because they're in the news all the time, wouldn't a tax credit for having another baby kind of promote having too many kids for the poor people? 
Isn't like, it funny? I mean, it is funny how some of, like, when you look at how people believe, if you look at studies, like, the Republicans are very concerned about the federal deficit. That's yeah. their number one economic concern. But when you look at the Republican candidates' tax proposals, they're all going to increase the federal deficit. So it's just, you know, it's funny. It's like, it's really hard. There's so many moving parts when you're thinking about politics, especially from a financial perspective. It's hard to reconcile them all at once. I think, you know, maybe at the end of the day, we all just make decisions based on our gut anyway. Yep, and I agree with that. And again, I was just trying to throw out there that um, some people will see like, hey, he's really helping families. And other people will say like, eh, they're keeping people in poverty by encouraging having another kid because $2,500, if you have a kid, isn't a lot of money. So, but Yeah, right. It's certainly not going to pay for college. Off topic, uh, you, did you see this morning that Ben Carson endorsed Trump? It seems like we may we've need, we could blow up your calculator because it looks like Trump's going to run away with it. Yeah, we've, we've all been watching that this morning. Um still want to blow up the calculator because um, at the very least you can, you know, the calculator will still be relatively helpful once we're down to a candidate for each party because right. you can compare the two. Um, but uh, it, it does seem to be gaining momentum, that is for sure. It's interesting to see because eight months ago I think uh, no one thought that we would be at that point, especially with Carson and uh, Trump who weren't very nice to each other in Iowa. It's right. I know it is fascinating, and I and I do think. I mean, actually, we've done some reporting on on IB Times as well about um, the union workers who are supporting Trump, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of reasons that people are aligning with whichever candidate they're mm-hmm. choosing, and I think it's important to you know think about it from all sides and try to understand what's going on in the country. I think in Michigan there was a lot of union people aligning with Sanders, and that caught Clinton off guard. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's catching a lot of people off guard. <laughs> With that said, uh, anything else on this story or anything that you want to plug about IB Times? Um, definitely, you, if people are following the election, we've got a lot of really talented people covering the election. Great coverage at IBTimes.com. And, and definitely um, head to the site and try out the calculator for yourself. At the very least, it's an interesting exercise to see what results you get. And all you need to do if you don't know how to navigate terribly, go to Google, punch in Lauren Lyons Cole. Uh, calculator and it'll come straight up so thanks lauren great thanks rob you can find lauren at ib times ib times does a really nice job of stories on politics stories on social issues stories um on technology you know there's plenty of uh yahoo not yahoo there's plenty of apple stories and privacy issues and ib times does a really nice job um highly endorse it great great ipad read for the record 800-516-1220 calls on the air. You can find out more about the IB Times at ibtimes.com. They're also tied in with Newsweek, so you can check out newsweek.com as well. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me online at Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show.
720 I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Show dedicated to getting you your retirement. Retirement's all over the place. I have a friend that her husband, in retirement, just lost his colon. Now he's got a bag that he's using. Life changes. I, my mom's got officially Alzheimer's disease, and she's also had two strokes. So she's kind of useless from two strokes. But then you throw in Alzheimer's disease, and it's all downhill. And Alzheimer's is expensive, Chad. So you go to retirement, and you're like, hey, I got enough. And you burn through it pretty fast on diseases and changes of lifestyle. You know, it blows my mind how many people pay well over 1% for financial planning, assets under management. Okay. But they don't have an advisor, a, a true certified financial planner that's running s- scenarios where, hey, if you go in, your spouse goes into a nursing home, how are you going to pay for it? Because this is something that Medicare does not cover after you might get a little bit of coverage for the first 100 days. But it's a huge problem. I mean, when you look at our even our country's spending issues, yeah. it's Medicaid and Medicare and Social Security. That's what, over half the budget right there? And it's going to be a growing problem. So it's something that really needs to be addressed. Speaking with CFP, Chad Burt, New Focus Financial. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. And again, we're all different. You know, to have a basic formula, you say you need 10 times your income. Some people as much as 20 times. For instance, I'm a little loosey-goosey with my budget. I should probably have 20 times my income. If you're a little bit more of a, a hoarder, maybe 10 times is enough. Um, and somewhere in the spectrum is where everyone else should fall. Yeah, and it's more these days, really, if if you can live off about 3.5%, 4% of your portfolio, at 65, you're fine. It used to be 5%, but that's when bonds were paying 5 and 6. Bonds are paying 3 or less in many cases, unless you're in the high-yield area, which is, you know, trades more like stocks. And the other thing is is that if you're really – it used to be 45, but I would say if you're 50 years or younger, uh-huh. be able to retire without Social Security. Right. Just don't plan on it. Don't put it in your projections. Don't think it's going to be there because if it is going to be there, it's going to be replaced by higher taxes. Uh, now, I believe that, you know, you were talking earlier in the show about tax reform and things like that. And I think that, that we, you know, we have the central bank involvement around the world. We need fiscal policies around the world, not central bank involvement. We need governments to create fiscal policies that create jobs, um, allow companies to bring cash back into the United States and create jobs here, right? Or in, incentivize us to create jobs. Sure. Um, you're a small business owner. You have many employees. You'd probably have more employees if the tax code was a little more friendly, and they'd be paying their income tax. They'd be paying their sales tax. And um, I, I don't get why we don't have more fiscal policy, but we've got tons and tons of monetary policy. Ugh, I'm uh, so sick of it. We yeah. were playing off it. We're enjoying it. I mean, all of our stocks Assets are, are higher. Yep. Our real estate's all higher, right? But it, it is creating that wealth gap. That's for sure. And <laughs> and it's not it's not you know. It's not a situation where it's it's one side or the other that's doing it. It's that the entire Congress, the entire economy went from TARP to central bank involvement, and then it spread around the world like wildfire. You talked a little bit about uh, financial planners and fi- people who pay for financial advisors but really aren't getting the financial planner's perspective. Um, one of the things you do get to do is you, you, you have to know your clients. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first things you talk to them about is probably how are your parents – you know, are they alive? Are they dead? Did they die of cancer? Do they have longevity in your family? Did they have long-term care in your family? Like, there's some little hints and tips and tricks that you have to, like, uh, be an investigator about. Well, yeah, and then also, I even run into people that are ready to retire now, but I talk to them. It's, they they have a, a goal in mind. Here's what I want in my portfolio. I want to I retire. And then you ask them, what are you going to do? 
you know, you're working constantly right now. You focus on building this business or something else, but you also have to have a plan after you retire. What's going to, you know, get you fired up to get up in the in the morning? I think I'm going to be a street performer. Can you juggle? A mime. So just get down to San Francisco <laughs> every day and mime. But uh, be the world's worst mime, like with a belly shirt where my gut's hanging out. <laughs> and then I'll just do awful breakdancing next to you. We got a new, we got a new gig. I, I guarantee you would make money. So would. people would think we're so mentally ill. They must need the money. So anyway, um, uh, back to getting to know. And this is, you know, I've got neighbors who hit me up for financial planning. And um, it stinks because you get to know your neighbors. And, like, for instance, I have a neighbor who he was put in private REITs and, you know, big, big painful annuities. And I had to tell him, you're not going to like what you hear. Um, you made some mistakes. Now, he's going to inherit well. His wife is going to inherit okay, probably. Um, and they have Bay Area real estate, and they do have two kids who are going to go to college, so that's going to eat up some of the inheritance. Yep. Um, but it's kind of painful at times, to be honest with people. Do you do you ever feel guilt? Not guilt, but do you ever feel like, okay, brace yourself? You know, I'd, there is a, a process of communicating and collaborating when you're trying to get to a point and make a decision on something that's a little bit difficult. You don't want to ever go, you need to do this right now because this is the best way to maximize the dollar. Sometimes the best way to maximize the dollar is the worst possible way that you can sleep at night, if you get yeah. what I'm saying. So you have to talk through and get to the point where you can present the options. And in some cases, it's a, you can't afford to live in the Bay Area. You need to sell your house in the next couple of years and get out. Or you need to be, do a reverse mortgage and then sell at some point in the next 15 or 20 years. That's a, that's a conversation that we're having quite a bit lately. Um, the woman who brought me to CNET to California from mm-hmm. the East Coast, um, she just recently sold her home in Berkeley, and she put a nice little post on Facebook, and she's like, I've been here for 43 years, and you know, I was married here, and I gave birth to my daughter here, and she went to college here, and like, she's packing up and going. Yep. Because that was her financial asset. Right. That was her, her nest egg, was her home in Berkeley. And we can look back to recordings in 2006 when you and I were telling people to put a serial sign in their front yard. If they needed the money from their house to retire and they're retiring the next couple of years, I'm taking the same stance right now. Yeah. I mean, the, the prices are ridiculous. Um, you know, people that retire with two hundred or two million—that's eighty thousand dollars a year, maybe—and they're used to living off of well over a hundred thousand dollars a year to be able to support their home. It, it does, the math doesn't work. You're you're not going to be able to stay here. Yeah, to support that, I know that my house isn't worth what it says. For sale for. I know that. But I'm not selling yet. So there's yeah, you got you got 10, 20 years. You can live through the cycle. So I'm talking about the people who need to sell right away. You can find Chad at newfocusfinancial.com. You can hear him Mondays and Tuesdays here on the station at 2 p.m. But find him at newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.